we are love, right? If you drill to the core of our beings, ultimately love is who and what we are with frequency, with vibration. There are many labels that you could call this frequency and this vibration. Like some people give this label the term God. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it source. You know, ultimately, they're just labels for something that doesn't really need to be labeled and actually really can't be labeled. It's a harmonic frequency. It's beyond light. It's beyond dark. It's just pure vibration, you know, and it's love. And for me, you know, we're sisters and brothers, you know, running around this crazy, chaotic, beautiful, <laughs> in awe-inspiring green and blue ball that we call home. And, you know, so many people are battling against each other. So many people are judging each other. But, you know, really what we're trying to do with our work is bring people together and realize that we are mm. one light, one frequency, one code, one love, one heart, one human family. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks. Come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to Rucker Park. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, my beautiful friends. You are rocking with us on the Decoding Success Podcast, episode number 274. I am your host, Matt Labrie, and as you join us for today's episode, I want to paint a quick picture. I've said it in the past, but maybe this is your first time tuning in, and if so, welcome. We're excited to have you. Or if you're a returning member of our incredible community, maybe you need to hear it again because it still stands true. You're tuned into this episode for a reason. There's something within this episode that you, within this one hour time frame of your life, you, your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit needs to hear today. And that is exactly why you've been guided here. You're in for a deep conversation with the brilliant gentleman you just heard from a few moments ago. Our friend Jerry Sargent is joining us. Jerry is known as the facilitator, founder of Star Magic Healing, a powerful motivational speaker, international best-selling author, and world-renowned for healing people, creating rapid shifts within them, and transforming their lives on the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual planes. Jerry's ability to heal has been likened to some of the most powerful healers in history, having facilitated the healing of broken bones, removing tumors, cysts, healing hearts, as well as healing broken relationships and supercharging businesses to achieve massive success. Now, in this particular episode, we're setting out to bring individuals back to their core because we can stray far away from our core and at the core of every single person walking this planet is the same exact thing. It's love. But without accessing that love, we don't access our greatest selves. On top of that love at our core, we can find all of the hurt, the anger, the trauma, the fear. It buries our core, but we can uncover it and get back to that level of love. It is possible and our friend Jerry is here to show us how. You might wonder, Matt, why is it important? But truth be told, without this type of work, as mentioned, we're doing ourselves a disservice. We're not making the most of our life. We're not making the most of our career, business, relationships, health, and all aspects. But you, you're a high performer. You want the most out of your life. And this is the necessary work, which again is exactly why you have been guided here today. I will say this, you may have also been guided because there's people in your life that need to hear this message as well. So I'm urging you to make sure you're sharing it the minute it clicks in your mind and you're like, you know what? so-and-so in my life needs to hear this, make sure you share it with them. So now without further ado, let us guide you back to your core self of love. We bring to you our friend, 
Jerry Sargent. Jerry, welcome to Decoding Success, brother. I'm really excited to have you here right now. I'm, I'm pumped up for this, man. I'm pumped up. So thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure and an honor, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Let's do this. I'm going to kick it off. How are you? I know you're traveling right now. We were exchanging some emails. I know you got a lot going on, but how are you doing? Amazing. I mean, we just got back from Lebanon this morning and uh, it's the first time we've been over there. We were there for a week doing some some workshops, some ceremonies, and it was great to be in a, a completely different and unique environment, man. It was. Uh, I learned loads from being with these guys over there. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And yeah, just flying off the back of that, really. So yeah, just loving life. <laughs> I love that. What does your shirt say? One love, I can't read the rest. Yeah, one love, one heart, one human family. Mm, What does that mean to you? Well, you know, I mean, people ask, what is love? You know, what does this mean? I mean, we are love, right? You know, if 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 you drill to the core of our beings, ultimately, love is who and what we are. We're frequency, we're vibration. There are many labels that you could call this frequency and this vibration. Like some people give this label the term God. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it source. You know, ultimately, they're just labels for something that doesn't really need to be labeled and actually really can't be labeled. You know, it's it's a harmonic frequency. It's beyond light. It's it's beyond darkness. It's just it's just pure vibration, you know, and it's love. And for me, you know, we're sisters and brothers, you know, running around this crazy, chaotic, beautiful, <laughs> awe-inspiring green and blue ball that we call home. And, you know, so many people are battling against each other so many people are judging each other but you know really what we're trying to do with our work is bring people together and realize that we are one light one frequency one code one love one heart one human family and uh you know if i look into your eyes i see myself you know you might be matt i might be jerry but we're just experiencing this earth plane through this vibrational frequency that you call god universe infinite intelligence whatever love you know in these different forms but really we're no different from each other at the same time we're radically unique you know something so deep and unnameable and it's beautiful i love this already it absolutely is beautiful it absolutely is it leads me to ask why do some individuals get caught up and live their life in the opposite of love hate right why are some or at least i would consider hate to be the opposite of love. Why do some individuals operate in that sense where we have terrorism in the world, we have, you know, shootings, we have something even, you know, name calling, whatever it may be. Why do we get stuck in that? Yeah, I mean, this is a really big question with a number of different answers, depending on your level of perception and perspective, really. I mean, as children, you know, we come into this world And, you know, all we really want to do is be loved. You know, we want to be loved and we want to love like, and then we grow up kind of operating like dysfunctional behavioral patterns because we try and be like other people. We try and be like our parents, our school teachers. We try and be like other human beings, aunties, uncles, whoever is, brothers, sisters, because we think if we be like them a little bit more, or if we if we be like them, they might love us a little bit more. And then this kind of dysfunctional behavioral pattern gets set up where we forget who we truly are. And so we live life trying to be someone who we're not. And then we get more and more detached from our true essence, which is love. And so, you know, 
people say there's mental illness on planet Earth. I mean, personally, I think every human being on planet Earth is a little bit mentally ill because we, we run these kind of like cyclical, repetitive thought patterns over and over again. And most of them, for most humans, are not constructive, they're destructive. And so we're living in a bunch of pain, a bunch of trauma. You know, as we grow up, we experience trauma in our early years, in our teenage years, in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, all through our life. You know, people experience different types of trauma. And if people don't deal with that trauma and manage that trauma, then they get stuck in the patterns of those trauma. And it it compounds and compounds and compounds. And people are just running low frequency behavioral patterns, you know, and and people want to judge, people want to argue, people want to hate, you know, people, well, they don't want to, but they just do. And and they do it naturally because they're bouncing around inside of their heads. And when you're living in your head and not inside your heart, there's a 0.25 second window between stimulus and response. And so you're bouncing around in your head, you're experiencing reality and you're reacting to it. You're not responding to it. And when you react to it, you do it from a destructive standpoint, which is like reactive and it's obviously in judgment or you're attacking or you're defending yourself egoically and uh, it's, it's and this is how people are behaving like 24 7 365 for most people when you start to live inside of your heart then you create space between you and what's happening in your external environment. And then when something happens, you can kind of observe it and look at it and think, take a deep breath and think, you know what? I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not, I, I can feel the trigger in my body that used to be there, but you know, I'm going to make a different choice and I'm just going to smile. I'm going to open my heart. I'm going to say, thank you for the opportunity. You just helped me realize that I've grown quite a lot because that used to really bother me, you know, so you can make a kind of a different choice and you can respond, you can smile, you could walk away, you could do whatever you wanted to do. But most people don't do that. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is there are other energies in the space that infiltrate our consciousness, you know, some people call them demons, so we call them shadow parasites in star magic, you know, they're low vibrational entities that that have an effect on people's consciousness. And they're always talking in the background and trying to manipulate people's minds, bodies, and souls and, and take control of them and keep them in a low vibrational state. I mean, there's many different levels to this human game that we're playing. It really just depends on where you want to kind of look at it from. None of us right, none of us wrong. It all is what it is. And, you know, we can just experience reality how we want to experience it. But most people don't realize they got a choice. Most people think that, you know, this is happening and there's nothing I can do about it. Well, there's always something you can do about it. People I'm addicted to smoking, I'm addicted to porn, I'm addicted to this. Well, no one's forcing you, putting a gun against your head and saying you have to smoke, you have to watch porn, you have to take drugs, you have to drink. You know, smoking, you've got to go to the shop, buy the cigarettes, get a lighter, stand outside the place that you are because most people can't smoke inside. All these things that you've got to do extra just to feed your habit. Why not just choose you know what, I'm going to be strong and not go and do that. And, and people can, but people haven't got the willpower to do that. It takes a strong character and a disciplined character. I love this so much, Jerry, already. You lead me to ask, you talk about how we detach from our core self, which you called love. How do we find ourselves reattaching to that? What does that process look like? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, ultimately, we never really get disconnected because we are it. So you can't get disconnected from something you are, but people get cloaked in layers and layers of trauma, layers and layers of programming, belief systems. And so they forget that they are this love. And quite often, you know, you have to have some kind of like harsh experience or, you know, a hard experience, which really gets you to wake up. 
I mean, for me, I was in a car crash many years ago and, and the taxi I was in ran three ladies over and the first came, one came through the windscreen, smacked me in the face whilst I was asleep, flipped over the car and died. Second one had her ankles cough, third one was okay. When I got out of the car, I saw the ladies soul leave her body and this woke me up and it really started me questioning reality. And when you see something like that and witness something like that, you can't turn back the hands in time, you know? You can't unsee something that you've seen. Sometimes people get a serious illness. It could be cancer, it could be a brain tumor, you know, something that's kind of whacked them and just put them out of action. Other times it's some kind of huge betrayal in a marriage. I mean, or a business, there's different things that happen to people. And when it hits you really hard and you, you, you get smashed down to rock bottom a, lot, bottom a lot of the time, that's often the turning point. You know, we're motivated by pleasure and pain as human beings, but quite often we don't experience enough pleasure to be able to stick to that pleasure and move towards it. Or we don't experience enough pain to springboard away from the pain to move towards the pleasure. We experience a little bit of it, but it's not enough. So we bounce between pleasure and pain all the time. But when you get that kind of massive, massive like smack, that curveball that sideswipes you and takes you out, you got to take stop. You've got to take stock, you know, and you've got to kind of honor that and look at that. And that's what kind of shifts most people to think, you know what, there's something more here. There's something deeper here. And then they kind of go on that inward journey. And then that inward journey is often a long journey. It's not always a short journey. It's stripping back the layers of the onion, you know, and, and, and eventually you get to where you've always been and you always were. And that is love. Sometimes it can happen over a few weeks. Sometimes it happens over several years. But it's a journey for the brave. That's what I do know. People, you know, say, well, you know, going into your heart, uh, you know, it's, it's for women or it's for, you know, it's, it's lovey-dovey. But actually the, the, the heart is a, a mysterious, magical, painful, inspiring, dangerous. It's everything when you die into your heart it's, it's a cavern of mystery and it's going to show you so much and and quite often you start diving in and you start hitting those traumas and those belief systems and those programs and it's like holy shit no way this is too much for me man and you turn around and you go the other way and then you kind of regroup and you go back in again you know some people sort of yo-yo in and out of it other people just go full throttle you know for me i started this kind of inward journey of the heart back in 2000 and sort of five ish it's 2023 now i'm still diving in man you know there's always things coming up you know you never really kind of get to that space where everything's 100 percent. like there's always little bits and pieces and triggers and traumas and stuff to work on and it's a beautiful journey when you embrace it but ultimately we are love and we really get attached we just get cloaked in this layer layers and layers of stuff which we've got to unravel to realize that we were home all along and i think that's the beautiful thing about coming to earth you know we come to earth you know to, to find our way back to our center in and amongst this kind of chaos i mean earth has to be the ultimate training ground you know, for, for us beings from the stars, we come down to this crazy, chaotic place of duality, you know, and it is, th you know, fraught with troubles and strife. But if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. And it's, uh, it's a magical ride, man. You lead me to ask this question, right? You know, you mentioned how the accident you were in was really the turning point for you, right? You know, the, the moment in your life where you started to turn inward. So I'm curious if someone's listening to this podcast right now, 
let's not let them have that turning point moment. Let's let this podcast be it. What would your advice be to them or your words of encouragement for them to start turning inward without having to experience something traumatic in that sense or life altering as opposed to, you know, hearing it from someone like yourself? Like, what would your advice be? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like the first seven years of our life are really important. And that's when a lot of the programming sets in. And quite often, I mean, you know, we, we're multidimensional beings that have had other experiences on earth and other planets and when we come down onto this earth plane we often get in the first seven years of our life an opportunity to heal our trauma so for example me my biggest thing is rejection so as a child i was given up for fostering and adoption i was raped by my first foster parents i was beaten by my first adoptive mother beaten by my first kind of school teacher at five years old, pulled my pants down, smacked my bum in the class, all of that sort of stuff. So for me, like this rejection stuff was massive. But you know, when you're like a couple of months old or one or two or five, no one's ever going to turn around you and say, it's all right, Jerry, you're just dealing with your past life, parallel life trauma. All you need to do is embrace your emotions. I mean, you're, you're young, right? You can't get your head around that kind of stuff. And when we were growing up, you know, our parents were kind of pretty 3D parents that were like, you know, just shut up, get on with it, toughen up, you know, big boys don't cry, all of that sort stuff so you grow up kind of bottling up your trauma but as you get older this trauma kind of rises to the surface and what happens is every seven years you get an opportunity to deal with the trauma so if it comes up at five it'll come up again between five and twelve if it comes up at eight it's going to come up between eight and fifteen if you don't deal with it and then normally at sort of 30 40 50 years old we get something a bit more serious and again that makes us look in so we can wait until that point like you know we're talking about where we kind of start to change in a state of pain and and easiness and trauma or we can take note now and realize that there is stuff worth working on that we may not be aware of right now and we can decide to adopt a powerful lifestyle and make some really important choices so for me what i would encourage everyone to do is wake up every morning and spend some time with yourself so we have a thing called fearless focus in star magic all of our tribe members get together every second sunday and we set a two-week plan and then we adopt that two-week kind of lifestyle and then we meet again for two weeks and change up the plans. So we're always shifting and working together. And so get up in the morning, meditate, exercise, qigong, breath work, really important. Fasting from 12 lunchtime to six in the evening, an 18 hour fast, you spike growth hormone levels, cellular regeneration, stem cell growth, drinking your own urine every day. It's the only liquid on the planet that has all the information on your own body. Every morning, a cold shower, brings you into the present moment. It activates your lymphatic system. It's great for your skin, your hair, your nails, many different things. At nighttime, have another cold shower. Same benefits, but it helps you sleep better. Headstands, get all the brush, blood rush into your head, activating your pineal gland. All these little things, they're free. Doesn't cost a penny. You don't need to go out and spend loads of money. You can just buy some nice clean food, listen to what your body wants, and adopt some of these like free lifestyle changes and you are going to activate your body so much you're going to be breathing consciously activating your calm receptors instead of breathing into here and activating your fear receptors exercise releasing endorphins making your body strong getting your heart pumping i mean all of these things have got their own benefits and when you start stacking them all together breath work qigong meditation all of these things you literally start to activate your superhuman potential and you know you'd become what i would call an unfuckwithable human you know because a lot of people are bouncing around in their heads running these programs and they can literally be switched on and off by the external environment in a destructive way when you start to really adopt this kind of lifestyle 
nothing can mess with you. You become bulletproof, bombproof, RPG proof. You're like a roll, an armored tank rolling through the desert. You know, it doesn't matter what is going on in your external environment. You're just cool as a cucumber, breathing, laughing, loving, smiling with a high energy level. And life's just amazing, but it takes discipline, man, because life's always trying to pull you from pillar to post. It's trying to knock you off your perch, derail your train. So, you know, we have to navigate that by using discipline. Discipline is the most important thing. Discipline creates freedom, but most people don't like discipline. They think if I get up and adopt this lifestyle, I've got no life. Actually, you've got a better life. You've got more time to do all the things that you want to do. You spend two or three hours on yourself every day. You've got 22 to 23 hours left. Thousands and thousands of seconds, man, to do so much stuff. So yeah, it's about this lifestyle. That's what I would recommend to everybody. Adopt a powerful lifestyle. Make some good choices. Hey everyone, we're taking a quick pause here as Jerry and I are discussing adopting a powerful lifestyle by making good choices. Choices our higher self would make. Those of which enhance our life, our mood, and more. Whether it be cold showers, meditation, breathwork, prayer, anything in between. These choices impact our life positively. And as a resource to you with this podcast... It's our duty to provide you with partners that impact your life positively, which is exactly why we teamed up with our friends over at Proper Sleep. As you know, sleep is crucial for our healing on numerous different levels. It replenishes and recharges us physically, emotionally, mentally, and even spiritually. That's why it's so important to make sure we're optimizing our sleep, getting the absolute utmost out of our recovery time. Proper prides itself on having sleep down to a science. It is a PhD-designed formula that has been clinically studied to improve sleep. Now, being that sleep isn't one-size-fits-all, Proper has four formulas to help you target your sleep goals with deliberate intention. Those four formulas, core, restore, calm, and clarity, to help you get better sleep night after night, to help you reset your natural sleep cycle, to help you reduce everyday stress, and to improve cognitive performance and concentration. There's no magic, no tricks. They're thoughtfully designed, backed by science, and grounded in behavior change. It's time for you to get proper sleep today and start your tomorrow off on the right foot. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes of this episode to get 50% off your first order offer. All you have to do, once again, go over to the show notes, click that link, get 50% off your first order, or head over to getproper.com for 50% off. Now back to the show. I love this. And I want to get clear on something. You know, you mentioned how when our soul arrives here, those first seven years of our life, we have the ability to heal our trauma. So it leads me to ask, does our soul carry our trauma? It's a beautiful question. I mean, our soul is multidimensional. And through the work that we do, I mean, we have star magic, you know, we do our healing. And, you know, if like our, our body, okay, is the best way to describe it. It's like a computer system. Okay, so you look like Matt, I look like Jerry, but beyond Matt and Jerry, we are literally behaving like computers. So if someone comes to me and says, right, Jerry, I have liver cancer. I know that the liver, okay, it it stores guilt and it stores anger. I know the heart is to do with love. I know that the gallbladder is to do with betrayal. Like all body parts mean something. So if someone comes to me with liver cancer, I know that somewhere, either in this life or 
another life or multiple lives, they've had experiences, traumatic experiences, which have left them frustrated and angry and guilty, or guilty or frustrated and angry or, or all of it. So what I need to do to be able to, to, to bring this person into a state of equilibrium, balance and healing is find where that trauma originated from. Now, I might go into a soul experience 400 years ago, maybe a million years ago in a galactic reality, maybe a billion years ago, maybe 600 years ago. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find the piece of their soul that is having that experience and I'm going to bring it into healing. And, and when I bring it into healing, which is what we teach people to do also, it's like unplugging their biological computer from the internet. So the internet is the quantum field, which has many soul experiences. Some are positive, some are not so positive. So you go in and you find all of the ones to do with guilt, frustration, anger. You bring those soul fragments into healing and then the biological computer cannot download the information. It can't access the information anymore. So then the computer system can heal. So you go in and do that and then the cancer can just disappear. The diverticulitis, the brain tumor, the eyesight can come back, the hearing can come back. People can get up out of wheelchairs, the broken knee mends, whatever it is. The body's just a communication device. So the soul is having multiple experiences in most cases. Now, there are some children that come onto the planet that are kind of new souls. They've never been to earth before. They've never even incarnated before. But these are kids over the last few years. Most of us, at least sort of 20 years old plus, we've been here multiple times, multiple times, hundreds, sometimes thousands. Hey, everyone. I want to pause this episode quickly. While we're on the topic of intimacy, having that special person in our life to bask in these moments is simply priceless. If you're looking for that person, your person, to share these moments with, I want to introduce you to Talkify, a new way to meet other serious singles in search of their person, which could very well be you. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. How do they help you achieve relationship success, you may ask? Well, they have trusted compatibility specialists who hand-select successful and compelling candidates based on your interests, desires, or how about your type, so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then, they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are a little too awkward for first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your date introductions and handles all communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match, and 80% of match clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners here at Decoding Success 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com DSP. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y dot com forward slash DSP for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com forward slash DSP. Now back to the episode. How do we know? And it's funny because I, I've said this to myself in the past. I have a few friends. I'm not going to give it away, but I'm curious. How do we know if our soul is quote unquote old and well traveled versus a soul being new to the earth? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a journey of self-discovery for the only individual human. I mean, most of these new souls that are coming to planet Earth have come in the last sort of 12 to 15 years, but there are some that have come in the last 20, sort of 2002, 2003, 2004, is when they sort of started coming, these new souls. Mo all of the children, really, that have come over the last sort of five, six years, the majority of them are new souls. 
if I was to work on a human being, I would go in and find this information out. For someone to find it out themselves is literally go into meditation, dive into your heart and ask the right questions. You know, breathe deeply. There's processes that you can adopt that will take you into that space where you go beyond your body, where you go beyond your brain, you go beyond your thoughts, and you literally become frequency consciousness. And you start to merge with the geometry of the universe and from there you can start to access the data and then you can get the questions to your answers as to to where you're from who you are you know a lot of your kind of history in our body we have something called our genesis cells some people call it the egg of the kundalini 49 days after conception in the woman's womb and it's it's an important number four nine nine is, is 13 right and 13 is the number of the divine goddess and also 49 days after conception dmt appears in the womb. At 49 days, these eight little cells form a Merkaba field. A Merkaba field is part of our external light body, our light body structure, which is two tetrahedrons. We've also got Merkaba fields running through our transmission centers. Some people call them multidimensional chakras. They're in our cells. But this Merkaba field, the genesis cells, this one particular Merkaba field is down in our perineum between our testicles and our anus or our vagina and our anus. And these are the only cells in the human body that don't change. And they carry all of the information on our soul records, ancestral records, past, present, future, everything that ever has been and ever will be. Because really there's no future and past when you get into the quantum field. When you start accessing the data inside these cells, you can access everything. And so there are breathing exercises. There are certain protocols you can adopt to bring the knowledge out from these cells up into your into your brain so you can just tap the data system. Because again, we're a computer system. It's like accessing a file within a computer or on a laptop or an iPad. The number seven you mentioned is also an important number. You said every seven years we have the ability to heal our trauma. Seven's actually my favorite number. I'm born on the 7th of October. So when you said that, I wrote it down. It really struck a chord with me. Why is it that it's an every seven year process? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And I'll be completely honest with you. Why it's actually seven, I'm not 100% sure. You know, I just know that from zero to seven, you're guaranteed to get an opportunity to deal with your trauma. And whatever year that happens at, the seven year cycle starts again. So if it happens at three, somewhere between three and seven, three and 10, you're going to get another opportunity because it's another seven year cycle. I also know that at seven years old is when a lot of, you know, children are shut down. Those first seven years of their life, they're psychic, they're tapped in, they're tapped into the field, seeing spirits, seeing different energies, extraterrestrials. And at seven years old, that's when the programming really kicks in. Yeah, as to why it's a seven year cycle, I don't actually know the answer to that. I appreciate the honesty. So for clarity, it's not seven years personally, it's seven years universally, correct? Absolutely. Across the board for everybody that comes into this human body. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I I just want to move backwards a little bit because I'm really curious, you know, just based off of what you've been speaking about here, the Jerry that experienced the accident, when you saw the soul leave that body, if you're able to remember what that was like, do you mind speaking about that a little bit? I'm just really curious. Yeah, I mean, so I I was with my ex-wife and children 
And we're in Romania. My ex-wife was Romanian. And my children at the time were like one and three or two and four. And we were driving from a place called Piatra Nant back to Bucharest Airport. It was early in the morning. It was dark. I was asleep in the taxi. And I hear a loud crash. And I wake up and there's glass and there's wind everywhere. And the taxi's like this. And I'm thinking, man, we're in a bad accident. We're either going to hit the oncoming traffic or the car's going to flip. And then all of a sudden we came to a stop and there's no other cars on the road. And I'm thinking, this is weird, you know? I looked at the taxi driver. He looked petrified. Uh, our daughter, Alea, was underneath the car seat. Laura had Josh in her arms and both their mouths are full of glass. I've looked in front of me and there's a hole in the windscreen. And I'm like, this is weird. There's blood dripping down my face, but I'm not bleeding. So that's when I got out of the car and I looked about 30 meters up the road and I see two ladies, one of them with her ankles cut clean off and the other one like screaming physically okay. There was a guy there who'd come out from a nearby factory on his mobile telephone. I checked on the kids and the missus. I've walked up the road and I walked past these these two ladies because I saw what looked like a dead body, like a lump on the road. And I was fixated on it. And it's just starting to get daylight. And it was like a country road, very slight bit of mist. And I'm walking towards this body and I get within about 10 meters and I see this like energy, like hovering above it. And I could see all of the fields and what was in the background of the scene through the energy, like it wasn't solid, it was transparent, translucent. So I look at it and I continue walking and I walk the 10 meters and the energy kind of fizzles off into the ether. It sort of like just disappeared, like this liquid light that just went. And by that time, I'm looking down over the lady's body and her legs are wrapped up over her head. She's completely mangled. And it was really strange because I didn't feel sad. I didn't feel worried. I didn't feel angry. I looked up to the heavens and I just said, thank you. And the first thing that I thought about was a whiskey and a cigarette. And I don't drink whiskey and I don't smoke cigarettes, but it felt like I needed to celebrate. It was strange. It was like the universe was smacking me around the head and saying, Jerry, wake up, wake up, man. We're so much more than these physical beings. We're atoms and molecules in continuous movement. We're energy, we're space. And I just felt really privileged to have witnessed whatever was inside this body it had no longer any use for it anymore. And it was like someone had taken an old car to the scrappy. You know, it had just gone on its merry way. So I got the chance to see this kind of separation and connection at the same time between what is in the body and what the body is. And it's two completely separate things. And this is what really just started me off. You know, this was, when I witnessed that, I was like, I need to know more. And at the same time, I found this lady, again, for a strange turn of events. My ex-wife, she was upstairs and I was watching TV one evening. This is back in the days when we had a TV and it was a Sunday evening and she came downstairs and she looked petrified and I said what's going on she said you know every time I hear these every time I close my eyes I hear all these dark voices and I see all these dark images and I'm looking at her thinking yeah this sounds crazy man you know like because I didn't really I didn't really been exposed to any of this stuff but I said to her you know what do you want to do about it you know you're my wife I love you what do you want to do so she wanted to call her friend that was a priest so we had this priest come around our house and uh, she's putting crosses up. She's dousing the house and all this energy. And I'm sat there like, boy, this is like a poltergeist or something. This is crazy, man. Anyway, she calmed Laura down and Laura went to bed. And then the next day I went to see my friend and I said, listen, I said, you know, bro, and this really like crazy stuff happened in our house last night. I, I told him the story and I said, what do you make of it? He said, you need to speak to this lady. So... I phoned this lady up and she didn't answer. And then she called me back a little while later. And I told her the story and she said to me, you know, where do you live? And I said, we live at 316 Richmond Road. That's the only bit of the address I gave her. So the phone goes quiet. She said to me, 
have you been knocking some walls down in the house? I said, well, actually, we've just moved into the house and we're renting it, but previous owners have clearly built on extension. She said, yeah, you've got an angry old man in the house. I'm like, an angry old man? I said, okay, let's say there's an angry old man. What am I going to do about it? She goes, oh, I'll get rid of him for you. I said, brilliant. When can you come round? She said, oh, I can do it from here. I don't need to do that. And she was like two hours up the road in the car, like a two-hour drive. So I'm thinking, this is weird. This is getting stranger. So I went home. I spoke to Laura and I said, listen, I know I didn't tell you I was going to do this but I spoke to this lady last night and sorry sorry today about what happened last night and she reckons there's an angry old man in the house and Laura turned around to me and said I know Jerry I've seen him so I was like you've seen him this lady's telling me he's there. There must be some kind of element of truth to this. So I phoned the lady back up. I said, I don't know what you do, but I have to come and see you. So I went and saw her and she she had a past life regression business. She walked, worked for Scotland Yard in the psychic division, solving crimes and murders and stuff. So she regressed me into my first past life. And I was like, this is crazy. This is amazing. So I was hooked. I went to see her like two or three times a week for years. And she taught me so many things like how to access the quantum field, how to access past lives, how to bring light out of your body and travel all sorts of things how to communicate telepathically and so she became my first spiritual teacher and then from there I had an, an encounter in physical form with a reptilian we moved to New Zealand I got taken in a spacecraft to another planet spent some time in ancient mystery schools and went on this crazy journey for a few years and then you know in the end star magic was born yeah so it was a wild journey yeah I'm sure. I'm sure it sounds like it. I'm curious to learn what were the, let's call it top three lessons that you've taken away while visiting past life? Top three lessons. I think the first one, the very first one is always going to be one of my best ones because it was the first one and it changed me so much. So I used to have these thoughts, okay? I'd phone my missus and she wouldn't answer. I'd be like, shit, something bad's happened. Someone's killed her. They've raped her. They've broken into the house. They've they've kidnapped her. Like these crazy thoughts would overtake me and I couldn't control them. And it it was nasty. Like it was was ruining me. I'd be sweating. I'd be like, I'd leave the office. I'd jump in the car. I'd, I'd drive home at 100 miles an hour because I just thought something bad had happened and I couldn't control this stuff so when I went to see this lady I was telling her this story and she said you want to go in and find out what happened I said yeah let's go so she regressed me to this past life where I was a Saxon and I was a man and the men were on boats and we were packing up our reservation you know and all the women and children were back at the reservation waiting for us to pack up the boats so we could leave and this other tribe came through on horseback and they trampled on my wife and they slipped uh, my missus is uh, the, the, the children's throats and it was the same soul as my wife in this reality and the same soul as my two children in this reality and so whilst I was away they were murdered so every time I had I had this kind of programming of th- going into this kind of destructive behavioral pattern of they, they've been killed as soon as I couldn't get hold of them so going into this reality and healing this was my biggest lesson to realize that what takes place in the quantum field what we've experienced as souls in many other realities is having a detrimental effect on us right now if we don't bring it into healing so that really opens me up to this work you know so that is a big piece of what I do now the way that she did it is very slow compared to the way that we've kind of re-engineered the process. Now we can do it very, very quickly by playing with the code in the background of someone's biological computer instead of going into some kind of hypnotistic session where someone is regressed and taken there, which can take an hour, 90 minutes. We can do it literally in five minutes. But that was probably one of my biggest lessons. Another lesson that was really important for me, we used to have a property business back in 2003 and we created a product 
And it was amazing for the first couple of years. And then the property market turned and we couldn't fulfill our obligations to our clients. To cut a long story short, the whole business went tits up and lots of people lost a lot of money. Fast forward a few years and I'm doing this work with this lady, you know, being regressed into different lifetimes, fields of reality. She taught me one day how to bring my light out of my body. And I brought my light out of my body and I'm turned around and I've looked at myself sat in the chair and it was an amazing experience. Anyway, I've walked through the wall in the room that we were both in and I see these two little girls in these beautiful white dresses and I and, and they smiled at me and they had these really pointed teeth and I was like, whoa, they look like little demonic children, you know? Anyway, I've gone home to my house like energetically and I went through the wall and I watched my ex-missus cooking dinner for the children when I went back that evening and I, I asked her I said were you doing this at this time with the kids she said yeah how do you know that and that was just really confirmation for me that going through and seeing this energetic it was real and anyway when I came back from the house I saw these two little girls again and the lady that was, was working with me she said leave them alone and come back into your body so I went back through the wall and got in my body that night the two little girls came into my home then they started tormenting my daughter and the energy and I home got really heavy like really heavy so I phoned you know my, my, my teacher after I said listen I said you know those two little girls that I saw the other day I said they keep tormenting me and my daughter I said I need to come and see you I said this is getting a bit crazy now so anyway went back to her house she, re- she regressed me back in this lifetime and it turned out these two little girls were daughters of one of our clients from this property business and what had happened is the man had invested some money he'd lost it So he just went and he left his missus and kids because he felt so guilty. The wife took her life. She gassed herself in the car with the two children. And so the the, the mum had gone across to the other side and the two little kids were stuck in the in-between world. So they came and and, and kind of tormented me. And it was like a a double-edged sword. Number one, they were kind of a little bit angry with me at what had happened. Number two, they needed to be rescued. So I got a chance to go into the in-between world and learn how to do rescue work, speak to those two little girls, get some kind of reconciliation and also help them through to the spirit world so they could be with the soul of their mum again. So it was a kind of a really beautiful experience to understand, again, more of this work. Also to understand how your actions in this physical reality have such detrimental consequences. You know, I was only 25 or 26 years old at the time when we had the property business. I was very egotistical. All I wanted was watches and money and cars and all those kind of like ego things that can kind of, you know, you think they're going to make you happy, right? And in the process, we didn't really care about who we hurt or burn. And so having this experience brought to my attention, it really makes you kind of be ultra, not careful, but like ultra precise about the actions you take, you know, the thoughts you think, the emotions that you feel, because inside our body we've got 100 trillion cells or 75 to 100 trillion cells and in every single cell there's 100 trillion protons and each one of those protons is like a mini universe that is connected to the field so everything that you're thinking everything you're doing every everything the way that you behave is filtering through these mini universes and out into the quantum fabric to the building blocks of the universe so our energy is not just affecting us our energy is affecting everything our thoughts our frequency our emotions everything so by going out into the world and being the Destructive, whether you're doing it consciously or unconsciously, on purpose or not, it doesn't matter. You're still doing it. So everything that we do has to be precise. It has to be calculated. At the same time, there has to be fluidity in that, and you need to follow your heart. You can't be too, you can't overthink too much. But you have to allow yourself to be kind of calculated and precise with your decisions. And if there's an opportunity to make money, 
but someone else is going to get harmed. You can't make that decision. Like everything has to be for the good of everybody. We live in a world which is a dog eat dog world, you know? And that dog eat dog world is like, let's just stand on that person's head so we can climb up the ladder and get to the next level and and, and don't give a shit about those people. This has got a gut, you know? And what we're sharing with humanity is we're, we're, we're teaching people star magic is step into your power. Take responsibility for everything. Your own healing, your own actions, your own spiritual growth, your own human evolution. Don't rely on anyone else. No one's coming to save you. It's on you. But as you go through this journey, make sure that you know you live by a certain set of rules and values. And that is more life to all and less to none. You know, everybody has to gain and benefit in every single scenario. You can't take from someone else because ultimately you're taking from yourself because that other human being is you. And so ultimately that frequency that you're putting out into the universe cause and effect, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass somewhere along the line. So you have to be precise. You have to be disciplined. You have to calculate it, but in a fluid and loving way, not a restricted way that is going to kind of stop you expanding and evolving through fear. You know, you've got to do it through love and kindness and compassion, not through fear, jealousy, anger, all of that stuff. So yeah, this is how we have to operate in this world. And those lessons ever saw. That's beautiful. I've been asking this question. This is going to be the third time I'm asking it. I think you're going to answer it very differently than I've received answers. And this is why I like podcasting, right? Where you get to hear perspectives based off of another individual's life and experiences and whatnot. I wrote it down because an individual asked it to me. And the question is, how would my life, or not just me, I won't be selfish, how would the life of anyone that's listening to this podcast, right? How would our lives be different if we knew what Jerry knows? That's a great question, bro. If you knew what I knew, then you would wake up every single day with joy as your natural default state. And you would live in love and joy with zero fear, knowing that nothing bad can ever really happen to you. Okay, because you're energy and energy can't die. So the worst thing that can ever happen to you is you transition from one bodily form to another. And that's not actually a bad experience, you know? So I think what we have to do as humans is to accept death and to realize that death is not death, death is rebirth. And then when you get yourself into that frame of mind and that state of consciousness, you do wake up every day and you're like, I'm going for it. I'm going for it and I don't care. I'm just going to go for it and give it everything, you know? And you just put yourself out there and just do everything to 110%. You know, your relationships, the gym, business, humanitarian work, whatever it is that you're doing, you just go for it. And you try and take as many people along with the ride as possible because it's a lonely journey on your own. You know, we just were saying earlier, I just came back from Lebanon. I mean, we took seven of us over there, eight of us over there. And, you know, traveling for a week with eight people is such a, a mesmerizingly beautiful experience, you know, to go through this process, have a whole team wrapped around you from morning to night, all doing the work and helping many, many people, you know. So whether it's your family, your friends, your business partners, your associates, whoever it is, you know, just go for it. Don't back down, lean into everything, embrace everything. Don't be fearful, choose love over fear and just go for it. And by accepting that personal responsibility, knowing that it's on you and no one's ever really coming to save you, help you, lift you out of your own dismal despair, you create a whole different state of mind and consciousness. And from there, you've got to create platform. Another thing that adds to that platform, which is really, really important, is vulnerability. 
what I would say to everyone is be as vulnerable as possible. Because I remember when someone first asked me to go and speak publicly, because rejection is my biggest thing, right? I was like, I said yes straight away, but there was a part of me that was absolutely crap in my pants. And I had to go and speak at this kind of this thing in London. It was a team meeting for a company, a nutrition company. And I was backstage, my hands were sweating, my shirt was ringing wet. I was like, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm I'm leaving, man. I'm not doing this. And uh, anyway, I decided to go out on stage. And the first thing I said to everybody was, listen, I want you all to know that I am shitting myself. And I told everybody that I was absolutely like I was not feeling comfortable at all. And everybody laughed. And as soon as they laughed and I'd been honest, there was nothing to hide from. So being vulnerable, being vulnerable, another word for vulnerability is being honest. So if you can lay yourself out there, you know, and stand in that power, you create a massive foundation for huge success. You know, so being vulnerable, taking self-responsibility, you're literally going to allow yourself to be authentic. And when that authenticity rises to the surface, all of those magical gifts that you came to planet Earth to share with your sisters and brothers are going to rise from your DNA to the surface and you're going to express them. And then you're going to start to inspire loads of other people by just being you. You don't have to be a public speaker. You don't have to be a musician. You don't have to be anything. You've literally just got to be your authentic self in whatever way that kind of manifests. Because your frequency, just by being you, is going to light up the lives of so many other people you don't need to have that false pretense just be you man that's the best piece of advice i can give to anyone i love that it leads me to ask on the topic of death the great unknown for many of us how do we shift our mindset around death you know you were just mentioning that you know that's what we should do i'm curious how do we do that there's a story that I read once, or I listened to actually. You know Alan Watts, the, the English philosopher? Uh, he's, he's, he's passed now, he's a spirit, yeah. He, he, he was telling the story once about this, I think it was a foot, I'm not sure the First World War or a Second World War, like pilot. There's a kamikaze pilot, and the plane is headed towards the ground, and he ejects himself, and the parachute fails. So this guy is just headed towards the ground, and he knows that he's going to die. It's inevitable he's going to die. So what he decides to do is just be like, okay, I'm going to die. And he accepts death in that moment as he's falling. And anyway, what happens is this guy gets blown by the wind through a load of trees. He gets broken bones and smashed collarbones and all this sort of stuff. But he survives. And when he gets interviewed afterwards, you know, they said to him, you know, what, what was this fall like? He said, it was one of the best experiences of my life. He said, I, was, I thought I was going to die. He said, and when I thought I was going to die, I accepted death because there was no, nothing else to do. And he said, when I accepted death, the energy that came through my body was so strong, so powerful. I've never felt so expanded in all of my, all of my days. And so... By accepting death in this moment, he he connected with an energy so pure and powerful. And again, that energy source, God, the universe, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it, it's beyond this physical form. It's the truth. It's the essence of what we are. And, And by accepting that in the moment, he became so powerful. And then it was like some kind of unknown force created some wind that took him into the trees and helped him live. And I think, you know, to be able to accept death, it's a process sometimes. You know, because I mean, I used to be scared of death, but I've had a a lot of experiences in my life which have taken me to that kind of critical point. I mean, I really should be dead on a number of occasions, but I'm still here. I think going through certain experiences is one way. 
Another way, going deep into meditation and meditating in such a way using breathwork and frequency so that you go beyond your physical form and you actually expand beyond your body and you connect with the totality of everything. You kind of become everything and nothing at the same time and you merge with the whole universe in 2016. But we split up before that in 2014. I moved out for a a few weeks and I went back one evening to have dinner with the kids and have dinner with her. And we were talking on the couch afterwards and we were talking about some really deep stuff. And this wave of energy, it came through my body and I realized that I'd never ever loved myself. And this energy took me out of my body and suddenly I was above my body looking back down at my body and I became the whole universe. And I I could literally, I was everywhere at the same time and I felt so much love. It was breathtaking. And when you go to that level where you literally let go of your body and you become everything and nothing, you realize there's nothing to be frightened of. Actually, death is a beautiful thing. And in that moment, not having my body, I knew what it was like to be just frequency. And that state of consciousness we can all get to through breathwork and meditation. I mean, when I came around from that experience, I was outside the front door of the house. I was stripping naked in the middle of the street at midnight, you know, crying my eyes out. I don't know how I got from being just this energy source to being outside the front door, taking off my clothes, but I did. And I was just crying, weeping. I was so hot. And coming back into my body, it was like, how can I fit into this tiny little body, you know, as Jerry? But the experience was beautiful. And I think through meditation, breath work, different Qigong experiences, you can take yourself to that state of consciousness where you realize death is an illusion. It's an illusion. And we're just energy. I love this so much. I don't want to have to let you go, but I only have you for a few more minutes. So I'm going to let everyone know that's tuned into this right now, that websites, social, new books, all of that good stuff will be in the show notes of this episode. But Jerry, I'm going to ask you one last question here. It's one of my favorite questions to ask to end the show. And I mean, you've given us so much advice already. So I'm really curious as to what comes up for you when I ask this, especially being that we're talking about death and all of this, because this is how I usually frame the question. I like to ask that in this lifetime, Jerry lives to whatever year he wants to live, makes it to whatever age, watches his children grow up and has, you know, you accomplish everything you want to accomplish. You, you help as many people, you do it all. You do everything you want to do, your heart desires and everything you're meant to do. But you're only able to be remembered for one piece of advice. Meaning when I think of Jerry on that tombstone, it says this piece of advice It's attached to your name forever. What's that piece of advice? So we're in the process at the moment of buying land and building healing centers in 13 locations around the world. These are geometrical healing centers built out of sacred technology. The first one we're building is in Transylvania in Romania. And all of these healing centers are built on grid locations. And all of these grid locations are very specific on the ley lines, the grid lines, the dragon lines of the earth. So once they're all built, they're going to harness a really potent off-planet frequency, which is going to expand human consciousness and wake people up at a rapid and safe rate with the light codes that are coming through some of these frequencies from space. And so I would want to be remembered as someone who set the human race free. Because I know that once these things are in place, they're going to, it's going to be like creating a new matrix around the planet. And it's going to affect every single human being on Earth 
in a very powerful way. And I truly feel that this is going to catalyze the awakening that we really, really need because we're still in the kind of a spiritual war at the moment, battle for the right passage of our soul, a battle for human consciousness, battle of dark and light, whatever you want to call it. So then the, the words on my tombstone, I'd somehow need to kind of take this and put it into something really short and succinct. And I would write sovereign and free. We set the human race free. Yeah, sovereign and free. Or sovereign, we set the, set the human race free. Yeah, sovereign, set the human race free. I've never thought about this, you know, but this is just what's coming. <laughs> Somehow I'd want to kind of get that message to the world through that tombstone. I appreciate this, Jerry. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your vulnerability, your wisdom, your knowledge, your experiences. I mean, I'm sitting here in awe. I have a blank page that is now filled with notes, questions, and more. I wish I had more time with you because I could ask you a million and one more questions, but I want to express gratitude. I want to say thank you for you taking the time out of your day to make an impact here on Decoding Success. I'm going to let everyone know again that your website, your books, your socials, all of that good stuff is in the show notes of this episode. But Jerry, thank you so much. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you, Matt. It's awesome to connect, brother. You have a beautiful rest of the day, my friend. You have just tuned into episode number 274 of the Decoding Success podcast with our friend Jerry Sargent as he guides us back to our core essence of love. Now, as mentioned in the beginning of this episode, there is a reason for you being here. There's a reason you still hear my voice coming through your headphones, your car, your phone, your speakers, however you're listening to this. There is a reason. Part of that reason Maybe because there's someone in your life that also needs to hear this. So whether you screenshot you listening to this episode and throw it up on your Instagram story or your Twitter feed, whether you take the link and you share it directly to a friend or in a group chat, you are doing them major service because you are the beacon of light in their life today for sharing it with them. And also I will express gratitude for you doing so. So thank you so much in advance for you being that beacon of light. Furthermore, check out Jerry in the show notes of this episode. You can find socials, websites, programs, books, and so much more. Also, I want to give a huge shout out to our partners, Talkify and Proper, bringing value to our incredible community in numerous different facets. So shout out to them. You can check them out in the show notes as well. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.